the Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I'm excited to have my mom, Judy Holmes, back with us on the program. Welcome, Mom Judy. Hi. (laughs) Glad to have you back. So today I have another Elijah Echo moment that we're in our Bible study. We're studying about Elijah, and these are stories that highlight principles out of both Elijah and Elisha. I just group them as Elijah because Elisha, in a sense, is an extension of Elijah, and he's sort of the archetype of uh, the prophet in the Bible, Nebuah. You can go back and listen to that podcast. And today we're talking about retribution. Now, you may be wondering what that word means and what that is. In fact, there's a thing called retributive theology and retributive justice. And so I'm going to quickly break down what that means. And I'm going to set us up. And then, Mom, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you share the things you have for us about retribution today. So retribution or retributive justice or retributive theology, uh, in a sense, is based on that Deuteronomistic theology that we've been talking about. And that is blessings if you obey and curses if you disobey. Well, retributive uh, justice or retributive theology, retribution, is based on the idea of an eye for an eye. That if you steal something, then something will be stolen from you. It's about the principle of sowing and reaping. Whatever kind of seed you put in the ground, that's the harvest that you will yield. And that's a a law in your Bible, the law of reciprocity, the law of sowing and reaping. And so retributive justice sort of fits hand in hand with that law. Now, it's the basis for all modern law. It says, you know, an eye for an eye, but there's rules about it. It said that uh, retribution has to be proportional. It can't be revenge. Revenge is not the same kind of thing that is directed at the wrongdoing only and that the goal is reconciliation or rehabilitation. In fact, that's something that's hotly debated in uh the philosophical side of the law. Now, let me give us a couple of scriptures, Mom, and then I'll turn it over to you. Okay. Um, So the law of sowing and reaping is found in Galatians chapter 6. The Bible talks about how that the Lord, that vengeance is the Lord's, that, that there will be an ultimate and final retribution in the form of a final judgment. And that's mentioned in the book of Revelations in chapter 20. And so those are sort of the premises of the discussion that we're having today. Now, I want to shift gears and give us an example out of the Bible. So King Ahab in the Bible had married a pagan foreign wife named Jezebel. And Jezebel learns that her husband is interested in a particular vineyard in the kingdom, uh, Naboth's vineyard. And so she begins to plot and manipulate to get that vineyard for her husband. And she even goes so far as to have Naboth killed, murdered. And so uh, the Lord is not pleased with this. Elijah gives a prophecy in Second Kings that the Lord will punish 
Ahab for this act and his wife Jezebel. And so 22 years go by. And under Elisha, there's a prophecy given. And then Jehu, he's a general in the army. He's the one that carries out justice. 22 years of of late justice, seemingly. And then they are both killed by Jehu. And uh, that brings to resolution this murder that had taken place. Well, if we look at our headlines today, it just seems to me like there's a lot of powerful people who justice is not being served to them. And so it just sort of got me on this topic about retribution, reaping and sowing. And so uh, I thought we would have this discussion about these topics. And these are not foreign in the Bible. There's times that in the book of Proverbs, it mentions that, you know, justice can sometimes be delayed, but God will have the ultimate and final justice. Now, we know that also Jehu goes too far in carrying out justice and does things beyond what he was uh, told to do by Elisha. He goes ahead and kills uh, many other people in Ahab's family. And he then starts the wills of retribution moving in his own life with a prophecy that was negative about him. And so uh, this is an interesting discussion. And mom, I had mentioned this to you. And so you had some things to share with us. And I'm just going to pitch it to you with this discussion on reaping and sowing an eye for an eye, rehabilitation, restoration, and then retribution. Okay. Well, Beth, the first scripture that I ever learned as a believer uh, was Galatians 6, 7. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Therefore, what's it there for? Let's see. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I must have said that scripture as a new believer a thousand times. I had it written on cards and my, I taped it to my steering wheel and I really didn't understand a lot of what it meant. But God just started showing me that as a new believer, he wanted me to know I don't get away with nothing. Right. <laughs> you, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So you want to put good seeds in the ground. You want to do things that will be pleasing. And I'm just one of those people. I'm just self-loving enough to know who butters my bread. And it's God. So I want to do God things. Because I don't want to receive back anything bad I've done. And we can all pray for crop failure. I want you to know that. And there is the element of mercy. Yes, mercy and grace. Of grace that Jesus gives us. You know, I'm thinking of the thief on the cross. You know, Jesus, uh, there's so many examples where I believe we can even lessen what is due, uh, you know, we can lower what is due to us by repentance. I know there is. plays a large role, yeah. In fact, I know someone, or kind of knew them, and they snookered 
someone out of their house and sold it. And the person had to go to a, um, what do you call those homes, uh, where, you, where you can go off and come back. And Assisted stay. living home. Assisted living, right. Okay. Well, that person though did see the error of their ways later and did do great things to show their, that they were sorry. And, um, because there were other people involved in what they would have received from a, an inheritance and they just more or less went in and took 90% of the inheritance. But the other person that was left, that person went in and repented, got back in church, repented, and got away from the person, really, that was a Jezebel. And they almost got their house taken away. Wow. I mean, it would come up full circle 25 years, and they were put in the hospital, and they had given power of attorney to someone that was not a good person to give power of attorney to, and that person almost took over everything that person had. But he Which had is made an rest- example of, of retribution. But- yes. <laughs> he had made recompense. To the people he hurt, he made recompense to God, he got back in church, and that person's house is intact and is his and will be his, you know, until he he no longer wants to live in it. And so but I have seen this time and time and time again. I, I knew a girl that was very, we were the same age. And because her mother had made her think that she was the end-all, be-all, and she was so spoiled that there was no way she could live with a man because he could never come up to the accolades she got from her mother. She He could never come up to the money the mother would throw at her and... She ended up dead on the floor with nobody. Her funeral consisted of her son, grandson, and daughter-in-law. That's sad. It's so sad. She had no one at a time when she should have been surrounded by grandchildren and people and friends. You know, but she had no one. She quit going. She didn't go to church. What am I saying? She quit going to church. She never really went to church. Proverbs 132 says the prosperity of fools will slay them or kill them. And I have seen that in my life so many times. People that have ill-gotten gains or people that even people that were in church, believers, and God just blessed them and it caused them their thing, their gold that they were running after 
became more important than God. And so I believe in the prosperity message, but it has to be in God's parameters. It has to be done God's way. It has to be, it can never be your God. And, you know, if if God never gives me another thing, I will, though he slay me, yet I will serve him. Right. We've seen, well, I'll use this as an example. We've seen people who have tasted a little prosperity, and it was not in God's parameters. It was just a desire that they had. Uh, I'm thinking of one couple that I know uh, that the husband was obsessed with Corvettes. I mean, just obsessed, which and yes. there's nothing wrong with a Corvette. The Corvette is, you know, just a car. It's a beautiful car. I like Corvettes. But he became laser focused, obsessed and uh, really bought one uh, that was expensive when he really couldn't afford it. And it became an identity thing for him. And they joined a Corvette club and then they took on that entire culture and then they started going on these car shows on the weekend, so they quit going to church. Right. They abandoned all their friends and family, in a sense, because they were pursuing this dream. Mainly and, their kids, because right. they were working from can to can't, and their kids were left a lot. And then they go off on weekends and leave them even further. Right. And then they, uh, a lot of these clubs you know that travel with car shows and things then there's a culture around them of because you're in hotels then you go to the bars and you go dancing and so before you know it uh, this couple is uh, you know living a very non-christian lifestyle and then they ended up divorcing and it tore their family apart and uh, and I'm not laying it all at the feet of a Corvette but I'm saying it was this this idea this mentality this culture that they adopted that really pulled them away from their family and pulled them away from their friends, their church, and the Lord, ultimately. Well, and, their, and identi- their identity, Beth, should have been in God. Right. And right. not in be, you know, a Corvette doesn't make you any more of a person. Having a million-dollar bank account doesn't make you any more of a person. And I know that we have... Uh, we we're at a retirement age and so it's almost this little thing that if you don't have a million dollars plus for retirement you're just not going to make it well i'm here to tell you we don't have anywhere near that we can't even scratch the surface of that but i'm here to tell you my god shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I walk on this earth as a rich person because I walk in the kingdom. That's right. And in the kingdom, there is no lack. For the, the Lord says, they that trust in the Lord will, will lack no good thing. So if it's good for me, I will have it. And when you've put good seed in the ground, you've got that good retribution coming your way. Amen. Because retribution Uh, is is multidirectional. It depends on what what kind of seed you put in the ground. It certainly is. And Beth knows me, you know, almost every move I make. (laughs) And I can tell you what little I have, I give, 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 give. 
I live to give. It's just a part of me. I couldn't any more stop it than I could stop breathing or eating. I mm-hmm. love to give. And I know that as, as long as I'm giving and putting seed in the ground for just for plain old giving, just for it being give, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Yes. From people. And so I know, and I don't ever think bad when somebody says, well, I, I want to give you this. I had somebody, I wanted a, a Yorkie. And <laughs> yeah. We didn't have the money for a Yorkie. They're expensive, bougie dogs. They're very, they're bougie, <laughs> expensive dogs. But I had somebody give me a thousand dollars for a dog. And you know what I said? Thank you very much. And I bless it back to you a hundredfold. And I got my dog. And, you know, that sets the wheels of retribution into motion in a positive way because the person that sowed that thousand dollars, they yes. have a harvest of up to ten thousand dollars coming their way. Yes. But it, yes. May take, it may take years. It may be immediate. It may come all at once. It may come in many forms over the years. But but retribution, reciprocity, sowing and reaping is a law just like the law of gravity. Yes, it is. And the person in the Bible, Beth told me to think about, you know, the reciprocity uh, idea. And the one I get the most is Jacob. Oh, wow. And how Jacob was, his name means trickster, joker. And how I just want everyone that hears this to know every liar will be lied to, every trickster will be tricked, you know, where you can get something by hook and crook. I know a lot of people that they will come around the back door, the side door, (laughs) come up from the ceiling, (laughs) cut a new door, and that's not God's way. Right. And so every liar, every trickster will be tricked. You're tricking nobody. You're you're deceiving nobody but yourself. And so Jacob tricked his father out of the birthright. I'm sure almost everybody knows that wonderful story. And his uh, mother was the one that was instrumental in getting him to trick his father. Well, his mother never saw his face again. Mamas. Mm. Don't don't do things like that for your special kid, mm. because Esau was supposed to have the blessing, but Jacob got it. Now, was it God's plan for Jacob to have it? Yes, but it wasn't the way to do it. I right. believe some other way would have come up. Right. But a anyway, just- a just way. So Jacob had to flee to Haran, and he got there. He fell in love with Rachel, and his uncle Laban, you know, they married in the same family back then. So his uncle Laban said, oh, you can have her what work for me seven years. And it said that those days seemed like weeks. 
to him because his love for Rachel was so strong. And, at of course, at the wedding, you know, they wore the long veils and everything. He married Leah, the older sister, said she had cow eyes. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> yeah, the commentaries are hysterical, by the way, on that, because one says she was cross-eyed. One said she had a lazy eye. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? But he married her, and on the honeymoon night, after he slept with her, he realized, uh-oh, I done made a mistake. I married Leah instead of Rachel. And so he got tricked. And then he got tricked of his wages from his uncle 10 times. So he paid that. It came back on him tenfold and then some. So every, every trickster will be tricked. Every liar will be lied to. And we don't get away with anything. And it's like someone told me, well, why does that person, they said, actually, it's my son. He said, Mom, (laughs) it's like, God, I just get called every time I do something. I said, because God's a tattletale and he wants this to be off of you. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. So we're going to have to bear our, uh, what is it? Reaping and sowing, God would rather us do it now in this present life. I want it now. If I've done well, anything wrong, I want it. I want it here. Right. It I want it with punishes, mercy and grace, but here. Right. He says he punishes those he loves. Yes. Oh, yes. And you know, punishment can. It proves you're coming into exactly what I was going to say. It says that if you are punished by God, it proves you are not a bastard, that you actually belong to God. Well, my son says, well, what about this person? I can't believe all they do, and they just keep doing stuff, and nothing ever happens to them. It's like, you know, life as usual, and they just keep on about their merry way, and I said, you can't whip another kid, person's kid. If they don't belong to God, he, he is not going to be out beating them up to get them to do right. Every spanking, every discipline I put on my children, believe it or not, was because in my heart I knew I want the best child here. I want them to not ever fall into things that is so easy for kids to fall into that don't have direction, that don't have discipline. And so a lot of people aren't going to get their comeuppance. A lot of people in politics, you know, a lot of people in even the religious settings. Right. Even in a family. Even in a family, because you know, your extended family, you'll see people that it seems like they get away with everything scot free. Yeah, and they just keep getting better and better. Well, the prosperity of fools will kill them. I know mm. someone that they go from marriage to marriage to marriage, and they keep 
going up. They're a uh, high stepper. They stepping. They're stepping on the head of one to get financially where they want. But the Bible says the prosperity of fools will slay them. It'll kill them. It's not good for them. And they've left a, a lot of pain in their wake. And so it. We don't get away with anything. Right. And some, and you know, the wheels of justice, and this is biblical and in natural world, the wheels of justice grind slow, but they never stop moving. That's right. That's, that's comforting to me. Right. We've had, we have had in our lives, we had a very successful two, well, actually it was three businesses that we had that we were very successful in, and we had a partner who we shouldn't have been in partnership with, he managed to just destroy the whole thing. And we woke up one morning and we were like 500000 owing to everybody. But God brought us through. And I just kept saying, well, we're going to have to tighten up, but God's going to bring us through this. And he has. Right. He has totally brought us through it. And we forgave him. That's the very first thing I did. I forgave him. And I never, you know, I never wanted to go out and kill him or, <laughs> or do anything wrong to him. I, I saw him a week ago. I didn't go up and hug him, but I don't have any. I just. That is almost as if it didn't happen to me. It's as if somebody told me it happened to them. And so because I have totally put it over on God's hands. But God has taken care of me. He has given me everything I could ever want, especially in my children and grandchildren and uh can I share something, Beth, that I know it's not exactly on this, but it is in a way. Sure. Because when I was first a believer, and I mean, from day one, all I wanted to do was please God. That's all I wanted out of life. I'm not saying I always did, but I always had forgiveness, and I always would run to God and Anyway, God has been so good to me. But one day I was at a, another church, and the pastor's daughter was leading the singing. And she was singing, and I mean, she was beautiful, and she sang just amazing. And I just, in my heart, said, oh, God, what a blessing to This man, his daughter is up there worshiping God and singing, and she's so pretty, and she sings so wonderfully and blessing everybody. Oh, God, I love that. And it was, I wasn't jealous of it by any means. I was so thankful for her and for her family and for her daddy, and what a blessing that is. And it was almost as if God said, hmm, you like that, huh? (laughs) And I'm sitting at church, 
I have four members of my family on the stage singing, playing musical instruments. And I, one day I was thinking, Oh God, you have just done too much. This is such a blessing, but I don't know where it came from, God, because I'm not a musical family. My husband's not a musical family. Where did this come from? And the Lord said, you remember when you were at Jerry's church? And you said, oh, God, what a blessing. And I said, the Lord said, hmm, you like that, huh? <laughs> that is the way God recompenses us. It's sweet, wonderful things like that. That's worth a million dollars to me to have my children. And not only that, it's not the fact that they're up there singing and in front of people. I know all their hearts. Right. They've all got pure hearts toward God every one of them and they love the Lord and they are just examples of what a teenager and what a young mother should be and I'm so blessed to be recompensed in the good way well that's an example of God's retribution and it goes both ways like you said retribution there's two sides to the coin. And so uh, I want to just leave us with uh, thoughts about this topic, about good and bad, about reaping and sowing, and challenge you to put the right kind of seed in the ground. And I'm telling you, this has prophetic power in your life. Sometimes yes. you want to be able to discern what's going on around you. Well, look at what kind of seed people are putting in the ground. Look at the things they do and the things they say. Uh, look at yourself. Examine yourself. What kind of seed do you put in the ground? Uh, you know, you, you have to take it all into account. And there is the element of God's mercy. You know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have the blood of Jesus that they could cling to. And so we do have that advantage today. And so uh, maybe you've put bad seed in the ground. Mom, maybe you can address how someone wants to to bring the element of mercy into their life where they've put bad seed in the ground, but now they want to uproot that seed. They want the blood of Jesus to cover that uh, harvest that, that's due to them and, and pray for crop failure. And so uh, maybe we can speak to that for just a minute. Well, I would say that it is like the person that, you know, was able to get gain the house of someone. And long after that person had died, he would have lost his house. I'm telling you, this person would have lost his house. In a similar situation. In a very similar situation. Had he not made restitution, asked for forgiveness, got back right with God, and and did the things that God showed him to do. And he right, was which was spared. full repentance, right. Yes. True repentance, yes. Yeah, the Bible said that he who has stolen, steal no more and give. Learn how to be a giver. Don't look for people to give to you. You know, my name is Kenny. Gimme, gimme. You know, don't do that. <laughs> right. 
give, be a giver, live to give. That's God is the ultimate giver. And no, the scripture says you cannot outgive God. Right. He will. There are two kinds of people. You know, you can meet people who are givers and people who are takers. <laughs> yep, and takers will always take and givers will always give until a taker has been shown the light. The entrance of God's word gives light until they have been shown the light that this is not the way to go. And they turn and they start ask for repentance and they start giving. Right. You can give your way out of any situation. I We've even said we can give our way out of debt. When you've gone around and you've just charged recklessly and, you know, well, I deserve it. That attitude, my kids deserve a new outfit. My <laughs> kids deserve to have the best. You know, we are to be content with any state we're in. And I want to tell you, I've been abound and I've, I've been abased. Abounding's better. Right. But you have to learn to live and trust God and learn to put your eyes on God and, and ask Him for anything. So don't be a, don't be a taker. Right. I own I own things, but these things don't own me. Amen. Right. And some of the things that I have held dearly, I've had the Lord. I had a I had a rabbit coat back when rabbit coats were the <laughs> thing. You know, the 80s. like the eighties. And I I had to back when you could make payments on things at Belk. I would make payments. Every month. And I finally got my rabbit coat and I wore it to church and somebody just had a fit over it. And the Lord said, give it to her. And I went, my rabbit coat. And the Lord (laughs) said, give it to her. I gave it to her. And like a month or so later, I was in, it was Parisian's Clearance Center. I mean, you could get some good bargains there. I got another (laughs) rabbit coat for a a fraction of what I had paid for that one. And it was better. (laughs) Yes, it was better. A better one, yeah. A better one. And so, you know, God's, God's able to, to get to you anything you need. Don't be stingy. Break that. If you've got a stingy spirit, Break it by be by being a hilarious giver. Yeah, yeah. Just, these are principles that work, and I've I've watched that in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go on a journey. It's a journey you go on with the Lord. It uh, is That's about bet, sowing and reaping. Bet that is the best way to put it. Great way to end it, y'all. We are on a journey, all of us, right. with right. the Lord in His Word, and. Every single day, looking for ways that we can please God, that we can give or we can do great things. Uh, one of the things that I want a lot more people in my family saved, all my immediate family is saved. But I have cousins that I love and I want saved. And so 
you know, I just believe if you take care of God's family, he'll take care of yours. And so I want to witness every time God tells me to. I'm not going to just run up and be one of those obnoxious people that, you know. Go back and listen to prophetic evangelism. We dive so deep into that. I think there's like five or six episodes about how to really be led of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Who to evangelize. Yes. You want to have golden moments, not brass. You don't want to be brassy. You want to be gold, pure. It be straight from God because he works on both sides. And right. if somebody isn't ready, you'll get hurt. <laughs> so. Right. And then I'll leave us with this. So that's the prophetic element of really being able to have direction from the Holy Spirit uh, in evangelism is one example. But I'm going to turn it here back to uh, to retribution. Right. You're, you're sowing and reaping needs to be led of the Holy Spirit also. That's a prophetic element. You know, we, we don't just cast our seed before swine. You don't just throw money to everybody. Hey, no. The Lord loves you and just giving money away. No, no, no. You need to be directed of the Holy Spirit. When, whom, and how to sow that into good ground to yield the best harvest. And right. So I wanted to just highlight that little element that when it's led of the Holy Spirit, and really that's just the definition of prophetic, means inspired of the Holy Spirit. When you have inspiration from the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, you have maximized your potential. You know, there's people that put money in the stock market, and on average, the stock market will yield a certain amount. But if you're not uh, wise in how you invest that, you may not have a very good return. You want to maximize your return. You want to, you want to sow wisely. So the way you do that is in good ground. Yeah. In the world, in the stock market, you would hire a stock broker to guide you through that process. Well, in the kingdom of God, you hire the Holy Spirit, the ultimate uh, person who can direct your seed to show you how to direct that seed into the right place at the right time with the right person. Amen. In fact, I have had, uh, a time that we had a pastor, this has been 30 years ago, when we were, we were very wealthy then, when we had our, our car lot. And we had a pastor that Philip would just pay for his, him and his family's meal when we went out. And this one time, I looked at Philip and I said, do not pay for his meal. I mean, it came from the Holy Spirit. And we didn't know, but there was a lot of wrong there. And we had, we left that church not long after. And so there are times that was not good ground. We were being foolish. We were smoozing. We didn't realize it, but what we were doing was smoozing. Don't smooth. Be used of God. Let, let the things you have and the money you have. Like Beth said, good ground. You can throw your seed out. I just planted yesterday a bunch of seeds. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking about it as I'm planting, you know, some fell on stony ground. Some the fell outside the ground and the birds came and get, get them, you know, and some, you know, fell on good ground. Well, what the good ground is, is a heart. Right. And so you want to look at someone's heart and and put that seed 
where it will mean the most. It may not be the person who gets it, but like a kid's blitz. We are ministering to <laughs> a thousand kids a year. Right, our church, our church does kid blitz. It's a vacation Bible school, sort of on steroids. It's just, it's our biggest outreach of the year. Well, I actually, oh, Beth, can I tell this? It's got a full circle. I didn't <laughs> realize it. Years ago, I was education director at this church, and we had lost the pastor of our dreams, and got another pastor who is the pastor <laughs> of our nightmares. Oh, no. Anyway, we had a meeting, and every year we didn't do a kid blitz, but we did a big vacation Bible school, and we gave away bicycles and things like that. Anyway, the pastor had a meeting with me, the head of usher, I mean the head deacon, and then the other children's pastor, and he said, all right, this year, we're not going to give away those bicycles and all that stuff to kids. I was down in Mobile at a church, and we gave the bicycle away, and some kid that didn't even go to our church won it. Now, I, that just wasn't right, and I'm not going to do it here because you're going to be giving away stuff that kids won't even be part of our church. Well, I, I know. you know, <laughs> I'm never lost for words un- you know, much to my chagrin, but I opened up and said, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't know. That kid could grow up and be a terrible person at 20 years old, drive by that church and say, oh, man, that's the church that gave me the bicycle. And the Holy Spirit used that, draw him into that church and him get saved. The, oh, it made the pastor furious. He jumped up and he said, you weren't there. I was in the subject. I looked at the head of deacons and I said, do you hear this? He just shrugged. Oh, no. Well, so we didn't even have a, I don't think we had the kids thing that year. I think year. they canceled it that year, yes. Anyway. Come full circle. We're now at a different, church, a different church, different denomination. The whole thing is different, everything. So I'm in this church. They're having their kids blitz. I'm not really a big part of it, but I go. And I'm at the back of the church, me and my husband, and this Hispanic, little Hispanic boy, he wins. It Was it a bicycle bet? It was, was a bicycle. A, it a was bicycle. Okay, he won a bicycle. I watch his stepfather crying because he was so proud that his stepson won that bicycle. That's that night, not Sunday, that night there was always a call for salvation. And we saw oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how many kids and parents that were saved. But I saw 
that man crying, going to the altar and giving his life to the Lord because of a bicycle given away. Right. And it was like the Holy Spirit told me, you were right. You were not wrong. I do use things like this to draw people. Full circle. And I got to see it. I got a bird's eye view of it, watching it. And this pastor could have probably had that at his church. But I will say that pastor did come back later and ask for forgiveness. Not from me, but from Beth. (laughs) (laughs) For our whole family. That's okay. We'll take it. Well, let me leave us with this, because really this is, a—I thought this was a great topic about retribution. And we think of retribution only attached to our legal system. But this, we're in the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is set up on a legal system. Your yes, Bible it is. is a courtroom scene oftentimes. And so I want to leave us with this scripture just as sort of something to think about as you go through your week. Uh, and it's Galatians 6, verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so I want to challenge you to put good seed in the ground. And I want to challenge you when you've put bad seed in the, to the ground to ask for forgiveness and ask for God's mercy to do a miracle uh, that you won't get the full harvest on that crop. And so uh, it's a principle. It's a system of the kingdom of heaven about sowing and reaping. It's called reciprocity and it goes hand in hand with retribution. And so retribution is the legal side of reciprocity. And so uh, I just wanted us to talk about this today. This is an Elijah echo. This goes all the way back with an example in the story of Jehu who exercises retribution upon the house of Ahab. And uh, in fact, I'll leave us with this. The blood of both Ahab and Jezebel was poured onto the field of Naboth to bring full circle the retribution that was done against him. And so God, uh, he will have the ultimate vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's. You just need to worry about the kind of seed you put in the ground. And so this is such a powerful prophetic principle that you need to have an understanding of. And so we may have to do another podcast on this because it's so powerful. But thank you again, Mom, for being on the podcast today. Oh, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And I just put everybody out there on soak cycle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.